Hey everybody, welcome to episode 50. We made it to 50. Woo! Wow. Yeah. This is a special Night. episode. Special. It's pretty much like all the rest of them, but special. I'm Very Bob Swaggett, and this is Jimmy Duresta. Hello. And David Pachuto. Hey, how you doing? I'm great. This is Making It, in case you didn't know what you were listening to. And uh, yeah, we're here with episode 50, so hopefully we'll make this one special somehow. I don't know. We What's will. up? We will. What's up They're with you guys? Special. Oh, man. So can I go ahead and just start talking about what I'm working on? I hope you would. And I hope you explain the big gash on your forehead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So there's this heater vent in our basement, and we're doing all these basement renovations. And I've hit my head on it three times now. Uh, obviously, I don't learn my lesson. So, but um, as we talked about last week, the waterproofers came in, did their thing. And then while all the stuff was moved away from the walls, last weekend I spent the entire weekend painting the walls with basement waterproofing paint. And then I decided to build two rooms. Basically, the basement's just a big open space with stairs in the middle and a furnace and a water heater in the middle. And so we kind of blanketed off one room to use as the band room or one side to use as the band room. And then there's the laundry side near the band room. Decided to actually do it right. So I uh, built walls to section off the band room. So built two walls there and then built a wall and like a T from there to section off the laundry room. And all the walls are up. Um, I have to thank two people that made this possible. And it's because of this podcast. So Brian Prusa, hopefully I'm saying his last name right. He lives two and a half hours away in Columbus and said, hey, I'll come help you do the walls. I've never done it before. Yeah. So he drove drove all the way up here. He showed me how to do it. Uh, And another listener uh, contacted me as soon as our episode aired last week. And his name is Jamie Chaflin and he's here in Toledo. He said, you can borrow my framing nailer and my hammer drill. And so thanks to these two awesome people, people don't even know um, made this possible. So so Brian and I spent all day building a two, two walls, and then today, by myself, I built two more walls, and now I know how to do it. It's fairly are easy. You, are you filming it? I did film a little bit, bits and pieces of it. Cool. Um, I'm not sure if I'm going to do like a how-to make a wall or just kind of make an overview of what I'm doing in my shop. I haven't decided yet. So what was the experience? Like last week, we talked about this, and you weren't sure what, you know, what was going to go into it. What was your experience doing it? Um. I had, I just coming over, getting over the fear of never doing it before. Yeah. So once once Brian was like, "This is all you do." I mean, you're you're nailing two by fours together. You build the wall on the floor. You lift it up. You drill into the floor. Tap con screws and nail or screw it into the ceiling. You're good to go. There's a couple obstacles we had to work around. Um, he taught me some tricks on some measuring, and so I, I came away with. I could do this again by myself without a problem. Awesome. Good. Yeah. So that's that's been <laughs> that's been my entire week. Tomorrow I hope to hang drywall and then to hang two new doors. So I did have old doors from the house that were that just up in the garage attic. And I was just going to hang those. And Brian told me all the pitfalls I may run into of hanging these doors. And so he talked me into buying pre-hung doors, which mm. um, I, I can already tell it's going to be so much easier. So I'm glad I spent the money on pre-hung doors. Yeah, that's um, a good call. But my my basement is, if, I'm so excited because my shop <laughs> feels like a shop now. It doesn't just feel like a basement. I'm. It's. I knocked down. There was a storage room on the shop side, so I knocked that down and I gained that room. I think we talked about that last week, and it's. I'm, it's so cool. It just. It feels. Is like it going to look now. different now on camera? You're going to keep it the same. Um. Most of it will look the same. Some things will look a little bit different. You won't see the clutteredness. I know you like clutter, Jimmy, but you won't see any clutteredness. I feel of like insecure those. without it. <laughs> so you won't see the laundry room when I do the table saw shots. You'll see. You'll see a wall, and you'll see tools hanging on that wall. So it's going to feel more like a shop and less like a basement, I think, in the videos. Awesome. So what about the drywall? Have you done drywall before? I have not. Uh, I watched a couple videos on YouTube, and it seems pretty darn straightforward. Yeah. It's easy. Yeah, Yeah. hanging it is super easy. The finishing can be tedious, but a tip that I found, I don't know, several years ago, 
is to, once you get the first coat of mud up, don't take a sanding block to it. Take a wet sponge. Take a like a grout sponge that has one rough side and then one soft side. Dip it in water. Get a little bit wet but not soaked. And then use that to feather the first couple layers of your stuff. Because then you have no dust. The water... Mm. You know, it's water soluble, so it will smooth itself out way easier and way cleaner than, um, hmm. you know, than using a sanding block. Eventually, you'll have to sand it, but on those first couple coats, when you want to just fill the gap, you want to get that first stripe down. Use a sponge. Good tip. Yeah. So once again, if I could really just quickly thank Brian and Jamie for making making my life so much easier. Thanks, guys. That's awesome. super cool. That's super cool. I had a busy week. Uh, on Instagram, some of you might have noticed that I had a class of people here from Mexico. From the, I'm a, I wrote this down so I don't forget. Monterey Tech from Mexico City. They have a long name in Spanish, but I'm shortening it to Monterey Tech from Mexico City. During the summer, Alvaro, is their, their instructor, came and visited me. We emailed back and forth. And it's a funny thing. When I email with people, I instantly forget. So as soon as we email back and forth, I hit send, and like something happens in my brain, and it just goes, bing! And the memory of it just goes away. And then, so one day I was in my shop and I turn around and this, this young man, there's Alvaro, he goes, hey, what's up? I go, oh, hey, what's up, man? He goes, we emailed. And I said, we did. And then he reminded me, I'm like, oh, yeah, we emailed. He was supposed <laughs> to be here today. Oh, that's right. And <laughs> I'm just laughing because at dinner last night when I saw him uh, most recently, I said, what happened when you came to my shop in the summer? Did you just walk in? He goes, no, 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 we emailed and you forgot that and you forgot again. So I'm sorry. But... <laughs> So Alvaro came, he visited me that day and he said, you know, he loves my videos and he shows them to his students. It was, it was nice to hear that. And he said, I've been thinking and I'm going to ask you an idea. Can I bring my students here? I'll go back and I'll talk and I'll figure out if I can get enough interest from my, my, my instructors and his, his bosses and whatever. And so we emailed back and forth. And so like in June or July, we figured it out and we set the date for December. And now all of a sudden I completely forgot about it. It's December. And then it was like, oh, in two days from now, I'm having seven people from Mexico come and hang out in my shop for three days. And it worked out perfect. We did package design, lamp design. I basically gave them my class curriculum and I said, go through my class curriculum and pick anything that you, you want to do. And uh, so they went through the class curriculum and picked a few things. And at first it was like a little weird because they're new kids and you know, new kids in my shop, which is kind of small. But we, we fast became friends and we had a lot of laughs. David filmed most of it. So we'll get to look at that. So I did that. And then, uh, I, I went upstate for the weekend and when I got back, they were still here. So we had dinner last night and I got to say goodbye to them one more time. And, and I'm sure I'm going to be going there. So it was really fun, successful time. And that, that was a kind of a dry run for my, my makerspace idea where I'm going to have people come up and I'm going to teach them, you know, outside of a, a traditional classroom environment. Awesome. So that went really well. So I'm really happy about that. And uh, today, if some of you guys have seen my video where I made this holiday bunker for Lagavulin, today we had to bring that uptown, Dave and I. And I Snapchatted it, so some people might have watched that. Dave and I brought that uptown, set it up in the, in the Diageo office, and then I hung around and did like a little meet and greet. And it was fun. So more of these corporate people are starting to watch the videos that I'm doing. So that means more money down the road. So I'm excited about that. And uh, that's funny. That brings up something. Somebody wrote under the Lagavulin thing and said, Jimmy, don't sell out. And I wrote underneath it, I sell out for a living. <laughs> and I got a lot of people. <laughs> that's awesome. I, I got a lot of people defending me. They're like, hey, this, he's a professional. It's just what he does for a living. He makes things for people that need things to be made. If it happens to be a corporation that has money, why is that selling out? So I thank those few fans that defended me. Mm, so that was fun. Yeah, so that was fun. So I had a, a busy week that went well, and uh, I know we're going to talk a little bit about it later, but when things go well, it just makes you feel really good about the choices you make. So Awesome. Good. Yeah, so that was good. Yeah, definitely. Uh, for me, it's been kind of a, a strange schedule week. Um, my wife was out of town for part of the weekend and, part, and Monday, and um, so... I switched my Monday to Saturday, so I ended up working like a full day on Saturday, which was just strange to, for a weekend for me. And uh, then, you know, it was like single dad for the rest of the, the weekend, which is fun and tiring and stuff. But um, so my schedule has just been a little wacky. But uh, I've been working on making a couple Maker 101 videos right now about Arduino programming. So doing 
that's been a lot of like scripting, which I don't typically do, but I want to make sure that I get them right, cover the good basis and make sure that they're, you know, consumable for people who don't have any experience there. So that's been something kind of new to, to write out more detailed outlines about what I'm going to say and what I'm trying to get across and then film it, watch it, make sure that I'm saying the right things and go back and film things again. Cause I said them backwards and you know, stuff like that. Um, so I've been working on those and then I got a photo of the artwork for the arcade from the printer. It's like printed now and he sent me a picture of it. It looks amazing. I'm, is it a big decal? That's what it's going to be? Yeah. Yeah. Vinyl on the sides, these uh, just full vinyl wraps for the sides and then like polycarbonate for the control surface, which is like the thicker stuff that is on those machines. And then um, they're printing the marquee on, I sent them two pieces of Lexan. They're printing the marquee and then backing it with white so it can be backlit. Oh, wow. And that's going to look great. It just, it looks so good. <laughs> I cannot wait to show everybody. So the machine hasn't changed positions since last week. It's still been there and in the way. And I haven't been able to build the paint booth that I need to build because of my schedule changes. So hopefully next week I'll be able to get it painted because I think the artwork is actually going to be shipped out to me on Friday. So that's exciting because that's, that's like the next big hurdle. You know, once I get that, then there's nothing left in my way to finish the machine other than time. So mm. that's exciting. Yeah. How do you put down a big decal like that? Um, we'll find out. I mean, <laughs> you, you lay it in place and then you, um, like from the center, you flip it, you flip half of it over, peel from the center. Oh, lay half of it down. Yeah. And then lay it half down and then do the other half. So right it should be interesting. I, I've never done something that big. So, I'm sure there'll be some, you know, nerves about it and trial and error and stuff. But I do have a do you, couple squeegees, so. I and you have some bleed. You got some bleed. So is it going to go down and then you're going to trim it, or is it going to be has to land right where it lands? No, it's got a, I think a one one and a half inch bleed all the way around. Um, right. So that's good. And then so the edges are wrapped in that kind of rubbery stuff that arcade machines have. You know, that oh, on the edge. Yeah, and so that's going to oh, overlap cool. the where the the vinyl wraps around those corners. So. I think it'll work out pretty well, but um, it will be some trial and error because it's a huge piece of vinyl and I've never done something that big. So, mm. That's but, so cool. Ha- yeah. I know I'm asking a lot of dumb questions about this. Do they print, is it like a four-color print on that or is it screened? How do they do that? Yeah, it's a four-color print. It's this gigantic, like eight-foot-wide printer and like the roll of, of paper or uh, vinyl is eight feet wide and the it's, you know, endless. So they can print eight feet by like... I don't know, 200 feet long. <laughs> so that's how they wrap a bus, for instance. With yeah. Wrap. yeah, exactly. That's what this company does. Um, it, it's a web feed is what it, I think it's called. Hmm. Anything on a roll like that. Interesting. So, yeah, um, I can't wait to show it off. It's going to be really exciting. And people keep asking me in the comments, you know, like every day, where is it? Why is there no video? And I'm like, it's coming. I promise it's coming. <laughs> you get a couple videos out of this? You're going to get a couple, right? Oh, yeah. Um, I'm thinking at least three, maybe four out of it. But um, And those are, you know, in progress. Yeah. But I want to make sure that I can get them all done. I'm, I'm building plans, my first set of real plans to sell for it, and trying to do a really good job on those so that they're worthwhile for people to buy if they want them. Um, so there's just a lot of moving pieces to it at this point. But eventually... It's going to be done. <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah. So, and we, we have our, as soon as our Christmas tree is gone in our living room, it's got a home to go in. So, <laughs> you know, excited about that. Um, so, anyway, uh, this week, we got a couple small topics I think we could jump to. People uh, sent us stuff on Twitter, and um, so we'll just, we'll try them out, see where we go. Uh, somebody was asking, and I don't remember who asked this, so I apologize. They were asking how YouTube Red was going. And like what the status is um, for that. Do you guys have any thoughts on like now that it's been going for a month or so? I don't know exactly how long it's been going. I I think it's still a little young to have an opinion on it as far as uh, from a creator standpoint because it's like 2% of my earnings right now. And I don't think it's a 2% gain. I think that is 2% of people that probably were seeing the ads before do you do you agree or disagree with that yeah i agree it's just people that have now replaced one thing with something else yeah and but i do like this youtube rest red service for getting 
Uh, you do get Google Play out of it, but I, I really haven't used that. But I like I like the ad-free experience. I like knowing that my money is going to creators. Yeah. Oh, you actually bought it? You bought in? Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, I didn't buy in. Did, Bob, did you buy in? Oh, yeah. day First day I could, man. And and honestly, I'm still, every single time I watch a video, I'm still surprised that there's no pre-rolled ad. <laughs> and I always go, oh, cool. That's awesome. You know, I, I, I'm going to sound like an idiot, but... I, I didn't even occur to me to join because I actually like the ad sometimes because I, I actually am introduced when they do local, like a lot of times the, the ads are very regional and it's about, I guess there's some formula and it's like, oh, you know, somewhere right here is this machining company that does this machining thing. I, I kind of, I, I stop and I watch the three minute ad. I, I know I'm, I'm insane. <laughs> well, I'm, they I'm do, the guy. I'm the guy that watches the ad, the only one. They do what? try to to personalize the ads for you based on what you watched before. So they try to find ads that are relevant for you that you would watch. <laughs> and you know, uh, another funny thing is I never like I haven't been to the movies. Taylor and I just never go to the movies. And every time we click a, a movie up on Netflix, we fall asleep halfway through it. <laughs> we we like watching like you know bits and pieces of cops on YouTube. Like that's our that's like our our, <laughs> our movie experience. And so the way I get my movie infotainment is the pre-roll ads hmm. when there's like a new, you know, like when they start running like the Star Wars pre-roll ads, that's going to be my version of Star Wars. I'm going to watch that. And that's going to be, it's going to be like, okay, now I saw Star Wars. <laughs> 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 when they run ads for movies, I stop and I watch. I'm like, oh, there's a new De Niro movie. And I watch it and I'm like, okay, I just saw that De Niro movie. It was like a three minute <laughs> ad for the movie. And that's it. I don't need to go to the movie theater. Hmm. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. So, Really different idea of what ads are than. Like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you. There's no reason for you to buy YouTube Red, Jimmy. Yeah. <laughs> no, because I'll be watching with Taylor, and she'll go to click the ad. I'm like, no, 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 no I want to watch. It's almost over. <laughs> <laughs> it's only got 30 minutes left. <laughs> no, so sometimes like these, uh, there's like a couple of I don't know, I can't remember them, so the ads aren't doing a great impression. But there's a couple of companies that pop-up that do this sort of like uh, CNC manufacturing. So I always watch those ads all the way through. Because to me, it's like watching another YouTube video. It's like something I would watch anyway. I, I kind of, I don't mind them. I, you know, I just click past them. Mm-hmm. It, it, we're going to talk a little bit about like too much is too much in general. There's just so much anyway. It's like, you can't get away from it. You know, you go to the bathroom, you stand at the urinal, you're reading an ad, you turn around, there's an ad on the back of the door. You walk outside, there's an ad on the back of the menu. You know, it's like, it's everywhere. Yeah, that's true. Get away from it, and so it's, and then you stand outside, and the bus drives by, and it's a huge sticker ad for something, and or you sit next to somebody on the bus, and he's wearing a Nike shirt. That's basically an ad too. So it's it's everywhere. Or a Duresta shirt. Or Duresta shirt. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, there's like you're next to Paul Mayer on the bus, and he's wearing a Duresta shirt. There's Mm -hmm. like you know ad blindness that people talk about, where you're just oversaturated and you don't see them anymore. And I think that's that's why a lot of that's why a lot of people don't sign up for YouTube Red. I think because it's like I don't pay attention to them anyway. So. You know what's the big deal? And for me, I mean, it's I would be fine if it didn't exist and I or I didn't pay for it. But now that I've had it and I, like I said, I can get right to the videos as soon as I click on them. It still catches me off guard, and I still go, "Oh, this is that's nice." And I can get right to what I want to see and not have to like wait those five seconds and through. But but as far as so from a consumer point, like I really like it. But I'm with you, David. Like as a creator, I'm at like two point eight percent of my you know, YouTube earnings are because of that. And I, so that hasn't done anything really significant. I don't know what fancy magic you guys did, but I, mine is small too. I don't know how to get to the exact percentage number, but my, like compared to a couple thousand dollars for the, for the month, my, my YouTube red Avenue at revenue is like a couple hundred dollars. Yeah. You know, I think that's pretty, thousand. it's pretty standard. I would imagine. And you know, yeah. it'll probably grow over time, but mm-hmm. I guess we'll see. Yeah, so people keep asking me, and, and I, I don't even pay any attention to it at all. It didn't even, like, there hasn't been any big ceremonious change. And they haven't really pushed it. I haven't seen a whole lot about no. it. I think what's going to happen is there, there's going to be mm, shows, produced shows, that are YouTube Red only. There's possibilities of, like, just videos that only are for Red subscribers. And I think... Yeah, then, then in that case, obviously, I'll probably be forced to make the change. But until then... You think they'll probably start doing a media push at that point when that stuff's available? I think so. I think so. Yeah. I mean, it, it seems to make sense because when you consider what Netflix is doing and, and everybody else in Hulu and everybody, like now I live in Manhattan, of course, and when you look up, you see 
50 billboards in any direction. And you know, there's certain parts of the city that are just sort of saturated with billboards. And I was sort of, uh, I was kind of um, in this one little section of town just a couple of days ago and I looked up and I saw an ad for like six different exclusive TV shows on like Amazon, hmm. Hulu Plus, uh, you know, Netflix. Or, you know, so how everybody's got their exclusive channel or their exclusive TV shows. And it's working because people are soaking up these TV shows. And so I just thought it was funny. I'm like, wow, it's all about exclusive content now. And there's yeah. no doubt that YouTube is going in that direction. I mean, yeah. of course, everybody is. I mean, we all are. Everybody, you know, as creators, we're making our own exclusive content for other clients. And uh, there's no doubt that YouTube is going to also have exclusive TV series and movies and such and such. That's an interesting right. transition into the next thing we were going to talk about because, you know, if you're going to buy... And we talked about this, I think, at first. You know, if you're going to buy Netflix and you're going to buy Hulu and you're going to buy, you know, whatever Spotify and all these different things, it's going to end up being the same cost as what you would pay for cable or, you know, whatever. Um, and so somebody was asking <clears throat> a couple weeks ago on Twitter about, like, as far as YouTube subscriptions, when is too much too much? Like, when do you have so many subscriptions that it's not worthwhile to have them because you can't watch them all? And it kind of goes the same way with all these services, you know. If you pay for all of those and HBO and Amazon and this and that, like at what point is it too much? Do you have any thoughts on that? Well, I don't mind paying for all these different things because it's more of like it's a pick and choose kind of thing. If you just paid for, for HBO, for instance, then or rather for Cablevision, you just stuck with those channels. And now with all these different choices, you have different ways of getting this different media. So like if I was paying like over 200 and something dollars a month for internet and cable vision, including Netflix and including Hulu plus. So now I got rid of all my cable vision stuff. So now I just pay for Netflix and Hulu, which is like, I don't know, $10 and $7 a month, something like that. And it's there when I need it. It's there when I want to, you know, I'm a big fan of Saturday night live. So it's there when I want to go and check out the Saturday night live that just viewed that just aired rather this past couple of days. So it's there when I need it. It's there like South Park. So when I go and find South Park. So I, I like knowing that it's there when I need it, but I don't always, I don't, I don't watch it regularly. So here's what I've been noticing. So in our house, we, we buy Netflix, Hulu, HBO. I also get the MLB package every year. And then we also have Amazon Prime. And so all those are their own shows. We also have the new Apple TV. And it doesn't matter if it's Apple TV or the Roku or whatever you have. But the apps or the, um, what's the, whatever the Amazon one is called, uh, Fire. And I've noticed there's a lot of apps for these devices. And it's like History Channel, the Sci-Fi Channel. And each one of those channels are trying to sell their service for $10 a month. Mm -hmm. And it's like. It's, it is starting to become an overload. Not every channel can sell their service for $10 a month. I, I have no, it's, it's too much input. Yeah, it yeah. is. But I mean, you know, that kind of goes to like the actual question that this guy submitted about YouTube subscriptions. You know, like at what point do you have to, well, maybe not at what point, what are the, the things that you would start to look at to say like, all right, I have too many, I can't keep up with them all. So what's the thing that makes it most, like what am I looking for in what I want to see? You know I think I mean? it goes back to kind of the point I was, I was trying to make. I didn't make it very clearly, but it's there when you need it, kind of. Mm. And then uh, with, I meant to bring it around to YouTube, but with YouTube, I subscribe. We just checked before we started just to see. I, I subscribe to 295 sub YouTube subscribers. But, I mean, there are, some there are some people that I didn't even realize I wasn't subscribed to because I'm always going and checking their channels. And then, like, I'll be pleasantly surprised to notice that, oh, I haven't even been subscribed to this person, but I keep up after them. Because I'm curious about their their content, so uh, and like you know, I'll be like, oh, click, I'll click subscribe. But it doesn't matter because I don't always have. There's only like a handful of people that I have push notifications for. Everybody else, like if the feed gives it to me on my home page, or you know, every once in a while we get those YouTube emails that say, hey, don't forget about these other channels that you haven't watched in a while. And then I'll go and I'll binge watch five, four or five videos from those people. So, I and, and I. I subscribe to if a fan says to me hey i love your stuff i really you know I, I feel it's for me personally i feel what is it for me to hit subscribe so that i can see what they do 
you know, I'm, I'm, I'm included in their world for a little bit and vice versa. So I subscribe to anybody and I never like go back and like clean up because I don't care. You know, I, I just hit 5,000 subscribe or 5,000 fans on Facebook or 5,000 friends. So I let everybody in. Mm. You know, it's like if, if I had a party, everyone can come hang out. I don't care. <laughs> as long as there's room for everybody. But, you know, and you don't annoy me, I don't care. Come hang out. Um, so when it comes to subscribers and stuff, too much, I, I, I'm very, very specific. I mean, I, I, I deliberately go and look for things that I want to see. And then when I start fishing and start going down the rabbit hole, that's when I start to kind of catch up on content. You know, I'm looking at my thing now. I see Izzy Matias and... Uh, and and Frank Hallworth, you know, I'll go to those guys and I'll watch four or five videos at a time. Like it, it doesn't have to remind me to go and watch them, you know? So that's kind of, I guess it's just, you know, different viewing habits. Yeah. So, so for yeah, me, what about, what about you, David? Cause you have like six million, more, million. right? <laughs> yeah. I have 694 subscriptions on my YouTube. Oh. And so oh. basically I subscribe to everybody who makes something Anybody that says, hey, check out my channel, I subscribe to. Because I would produce the, the show, it was, was the weekly wrap-up, and then it turned into Makers and Shakers. And I am... That's a lot of subscriptions. And so the show takes me a day to film and edit. But that doesn't include the time every morning I spend going through 20 or 30 videos trying to figure out which one makes the show. So it's, I'm skipping through, I'm skimming through all these shows and then I'm keeping a list and then I'm narrowing down the list. And it, as you guys know, our time is extremely valuable and I have, I have some sad news to some, Uh but I'm going to be taking a break from makers and shakers because it takes so much of my time to go through the videos. It takes so much of my time to narrow it down to, shoot and edit that I want to focus more on making things and shooting videos of me making things. And that's just, it's just, I just have too many subscriptions and it's, it's, it just becomes overload. Can I make a suggestion? Please do. As long as Um, it doesn't involve more work for me. No, 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 no. I'm it's funny. Tim Sway made fun of me for having interns. It was super funny. Did you guys watch Tim Sway making fun of me having interns? No. He hired his mother to be his intern. This was a video (laughs) from the summertime. But during the summer, I had two interns and having those guys around was incredibly helpful. And so now, you know, I get a lot of people saying, hey, can I be your intern? I say, well, it's to come work for free. Um, So I always say, if you want to be my intern. Let's see if we can work something out. So this summer I had two interns. They happened to be high school students. One went to college in the, in the, in the fall and the other one went back to high school. If you can get your hands on a couple of competent interns or a couple of, you know, somebody that you really can count on, you know, for ongoing to filter content and to put together this kind of stuff. I know, I know that you're probably in, my, in your head going, no way, never going to happen. <laughs> but I look at your eyes, you're like, no way, it's, no way, never going to do it. I, but I'm it's thinking. To consider. It's just something to consider is that like, if you have somebody filtering this content for you, you say, look at these and can pull out, instead of you looking at 35 videos in a morning, he'll say, look at these five. These are the five that impressed me the most. I'm 18 years old. These are the things that are lighting my fire. You know, hmm. It's just something to consider. That's all. So kind of along those same lines, um, I've been working on, so I have a good friend who is excellent at sitting you down and pulling out the stuff that you're, that's in your head, but you don't say out loud or you don't ever write down. (laughs) And, uh, he's done this for me a couple of times and that's what a big part of what led to me making the jump to full time is this guy. And, um, he's actually the same guy I did the, the, uh, secret door for, yeah. But anyway, so recently I, you know, we were talking about how like, I'm just so busy and I don't have enough time to do all the stuff that I want to do. And he sat down and pulled a bunch of stuff out of me. And basically we ended up with a list of five or six things that I do every week that just take my time, but they're not me. They're not things that I personally have to do. And so once I got that list, then, you know, we went through that list and he said, how much time do you spend a week on number one and then on number two and then number three, number four. So we built that up and then he said, okay, that's 20 hours. That's 20 hours right there. You can hire somebody for 20 hours a week to do all this stuff for you. And you have 20 hours, half of your work week to do what you want to be doing. And this is, this is non-skilled labor. This is not specific. Like, you know, I need a writer or a videographer. This is just like, 
a competent person that I can say, here are the things I need done. Please do them for me. And, you know, paying somebody a reasonable salary for part-time work is not unheard of. I mean, it's not impossible. It's something you have to plan for and work towards. But Jimmy's right. You may want to look at, you know, a free intern or uh, just finding some of the stuff in your schedule that you personally don't have to do and see if you can find somebody else to do it for you. That, yeah. that, of course, being said, you know, as long as your heart is still in it. If your heart's not in it, then you just got to move on to other things. So, and then the other thing, too, is you've established something. You've established, a, you know, a legitimate thing on YouTube where people come to you to find new, you, you've established a resource and sort of a brand. So it's something that obviously it's your, it's your life. You could take a break from it. But, you know, it's, it's, you've established something that's a good resource for a lot of people. And, uh, you know, you feel pressure to keep it up. But maybe there's a way to do the same thing without the same pressure. And then you're also giving somebody, you know, a purpose in life to learn. Yeah, something it's something new. I've been thinking about a lot. Both of you make awesome points. The One of the issues, or two of the issues is, one is my wrap-up videos, the Makers and Shakers, gets half the views of a project video. Hmm. And two, yeah. advertisers have no, I've, I've had a couple advertisers, but most of them don't want to be in that video. They want in the project video. So I don't make any money off of that. And so, and I yep. know I'm not trying to be greedy, but this is what I do for a living. So I got to try <laughs> no, to figure out where to spend sense. my time, you know. Gotta that's eat. why products in the store shelf change because people don't buy certain products. Yeah. And if that's a product that's not earning you money, you got to, you got to make the best decision. And so, you know, Jimmy, you're right. I need to look at, I need to look into my art and see what I really want to do. And right now I really want to make more project videos. I want to do more so, teaching, more creating you know more of that stuff. So, who knows? I'm not. I'm not making any promises. I'm not saying it's going away forever. I'm not saying it's coming back. I'm just just throwing that out there. And here we are. I, I feel. I, I think I already feel better for <laughs> saying it. Good. Yeah. Yeah. As far as the you know the stuff I was talking about though, even as you move into doing more projects, you may find like I'm finding that like. Oh, I have to go to the store again to buy screws. Yeah. I have to, you know, I have to do, I have to like make the website post, which is just a matter of me copying images and formatting them and, you know, that type of stuff. And so even once you get past this, where you are right now, and this goes for anybody, you know, no matter what your job is, you'll find things that you don't necessarily have to do, but they have to be done for you to do your job. Yeah. And those are the things that you can compartmentalize and pass off. I think what a lot of people don't realize what I do and what Bob does, Jimmy might do a little bit different, but when we make a video, now we have a YouTube description to write. I have a full blog post to write. I have to pull still images from the video and put them in the blog. I also write the, the Patreon description, which I try to make a little bit different. And then, Screw that. Yeah, and then, <laughs> and then I, I, I write a, a tweet, uh, Instagram, and a Facebook. <laughs> and then sometimes I make a second edit of that video just for a Facebook video. So there's a lot of posts that goes with each video. And wow. Bob, you, what you're talking about is something I hope to get to someday where I'm, I hire somebody to do all this extra work, which so somebody might, somebody might find it fun, but I actually do yeah. not find writing the blog stuff that fun or pulling images and, and stuff. I would rather work on creating and filming. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's my goal in that same you know pursuit there is just to have more time, more shop time. And mm -hmm. I just want to be able to make the things, film them, you know, frame the story the way I want to frame it and then edit some. But I, I even have really enjoyed having somebody do the majority of the editing because it's like the grunt work of cutting off, you know, the portion of the video where I'm walking to the camera and from the camera. <laughs> it's that stuff, you know, being able to walk in and sit down at the computer and all that stuff is gone and there's just action and I can... 10 minutes of like tweaking and edit and then I do my voiceover. That's, it's great. I love that part of it. So awesome. Yeah. That's been good. I've read, the, I read the Tim Ferriss book. I already know about all outsourcing. I just, I just need to, I think I just need to a couple more steps before I get to the point where I'm actually paying somebody to do all that grunt work for me. Yeah. And it's easier said than done. Honestly, it's really easy to say theoretically. Yeah. I could just pay someone to do that, but you have to pay someone with money and that money has to come <laughs> from somewhere. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. But, yep. um, cool. Well, that's, uh, we got off topic there, but that's what we do. Um, one more thing that somebody brought up, which I thought was fantastic. And maybe a good way to wrap up the show. We did a show a couple episodes ago about bad days. And 
we all had a bad day that day. So let's talk about good days. Yes. Good days. Mm-hmm. What we're happy about, what we're grateful for. I think yeah. most of us have a lot more good days than we have bad days. Yeah. Go for sure. And, but for sure. sometimes there's just nothing to talk about when you have a good day. But when you have a bad day, usually there's an incident and it's just easy to talk about. But I like focusing on positive things. It's positive things that got me to where I'm at. So I'm actually excited to talk about good days. And I want to hear what's a good day for you guys. Well, I can go first. Uh, Lately, we've been spending more and more time upstate. By now, typically, I would have closed the house. But because the weather in the Northeast has been so warm, my house is still open. And I've had a couple of really good projects that I could actually execute upstate working in the open air and just doing my work in the bunker video you see me working on a couple of horses outside and i love those jobs i love being able to work outside in the weather and lately it's it's a little bit chilly but obviously not nearly as chilly as as you would be in the middle of december so we're pushing it we're going to actually have christmas upstate for the first time in 10 years for me when i first bought the house we did christmas there and then it's just been too cold and so now since this weather break we're going to try it and so being able to spend more time upstate and that's just been every time we go up there, we don't want to come back to the city. And so that's obviously our goal that I've been talking about is to get up there and spend more time and, and build that spot. And uh, by the way, just a, a little update on that. Drawings are working out. I've been trying to figure out how to raise the money and there's a couple of little promissory things here and there that look good. So I'm not saying I'm going to have the money tomorrow, but I, we are going to plan on building at least the foundation in the springtime. Yes. Awesome. That's going to be happening. Oh, and then uh, the action figure or the, the, the resin figure update. I'm going to do a video when I have one in hand. I, I saw the, uh, the new sculpt and the new thing. It's, it's looking pretty good. So it doesn't look exactly like me. So it's hard for me. Uh, good days are days when things come together. And I got off subject there for a minute. But uh, today was another really good day. Dave and I put this bunker up, up in the corporate offices for the people that bought it. Always very sketchy. To you, when you're bringing your car out of its parking spot in the Lower East Side to Midtown, you're just guaranteed to not have a good day. But <laughs> it worked great. It worked really, really, really good. We were able to bring the car uptown, unload it, go park it, went did our event, and uh, drove back downtown just in time to do this podcast today. So going upstate and not having your car towed in Midtown, those are two really good days for me. Um. Let's see. For me, I don't know. I was trying to think of a way to generalize what I think of as a good day. And I think in general, it's progress. And that can mean like a lot of different stuff based on what I'm thinking about. But, you know, if I think about like projects, like there's this thing that's secret that I showed you guys a minute ago that I'm working on. And it's been sitting on my desk in some state or another for about six months. And I've always been afraid of like making the next trying to figure out the next thing on it. And in the last week, I've made tons of progress. It's, it's actually happening now. <clears throat> and that makes, at the end of the day, it makes it a lot more rewarding because I'm like, yes, you know, I'm, I'm like gaining ground on this thing. It's something is happening. It's closer to the end. It's becoming a real thing rather than just a concept. And, and, you know, and that goes for, uh, you know, any project when I, before I actually start doing anything and I'm overthinking it like I always do and, you know, it's, it's just like this big block until I really start digging in and making progress. And then once I start making progress, it's like, yeah, all right, cool. Things are moving, you know. And so it's, it's progress for um, projects, but also in regard to my family. When, when I look at my kids, you know, kids are like <clears throat> a really strange animal. They, they just like, they don't know so much about like, how they feel or how to react or how to act or how to relate to other people. And so when you see these moments in time of kids like becoming a little bit more mature or like all of a sudden they know how to do a thing that they didn't know how to do before. I mean, I see that stuff as progress. These, they're coming into their own. They're becoming more aware and more you know considerate and things like that. And so when I see those little moments, everything else can melt away. You know, when I see my kid, in the middle of an argument, them stop and like you can see the thing turning in their head going, wait, I need to calm myself down and deal with this rather than just like, I'm going to hit you and run away and scream like (laughs) kids do, you know what I mean? So when you see those little moments, they're changing and 
that will make the rest of a day just go away for me. It's, mm. it's, yeah. I love that. Stuff. I mean, just, just to, to get back to, uh, you just reminded me just the last week when I worked with the, the students from Mexico for three days, it was so rewarding to work with them and then see them go from the beginning of the day to be a little uh, introverted. But by the end of the day, they're like using my bandsaw, they're using the buffing wheel, they're running around asking me for wire. It, that type of stuff is just amazing. You know, we had three really long, well, two really long days, one half day. And those really long days were very rewarding by the end of the day when it all come around and, you know, we all, we all like kind of have the, the collective conclusion like, wow, that was a lot of, to digest, but it was really good. You know, those, those are definitely some, those are definitely some good times. And, and I know, like I, I said, progress and it's easy to like gauge you know, like what you're talking about, gauge the day on like the things you see change in people or, or in a progress product. But I also have to be really careful with myself not to let progress be the the thing that like my happiness or my okayness hinges on. Because there's a lot of days where stuff doesn't happen, nothing moves forward, and that ha- I I have to remind myself personally that that's okay. Not every day has to be productive. Not every moment has to be productive, and sometimes it's like, for instance, you know, my, I said my wife was out of town this weekend. So my Monday, which is normally a work day for me, was spent while three of my kids were at school. The rest of the day was me and my son, Flynn. He's almost three years old, and we just played all day long. <laughs> and, and, you know, like I went into it that morning going, man, this is like my work day. I, I have a lot of stuff I should be doing. But it was the best mm-hmm. just to like yeah. not be productive and just enjoy him. And so I have to keep that in my mind, um, even, uh, though, even though that is how I gauge a lot of stuff. I have to remind myself that that's not what it's about. You have to learn where to find happiness. Uh, like A lot of people find happiness in accomplishing their goals. And I, we, I've talked about this before, but when if you are only happy when you complete a goal, that happiness is very temporary. You need to find the happiness in the, in the, um, in the process of that goal. Hmm. And that process could be anything. It could be just getting a little bit done, getting... Some, a lot done or whatever just finding happiness in the in the little things and not not the end result is what really counts for me what really matters hmm. that's a good point and as far as what makes me happy i think there's two things i th- it's kind of along the same lines as what you were saying bob but one is if i complete my task list for the day that feels so good you know when at, when it when it comes time to eat dinner, I'm like, oh, today was a good day. I completed that list. I got done what I wanted to get done. That means I was productive. And another thing that makes me really happy and is a good day is when I have something to show for my day. If I build something and I, my wife comes home from work, I can show her. I get excited to show her. Or if I finish a project and I can post a picture up on Twitter or I, I finish video. Uh, editing a video and I post it up on YouTube, that feels so good. That's always a good day. You know, that's funny. It reminds me of something you got to, I, I sometimes have to step back and look at the products that I've created in the last 24 hours because my list is still not crossed off a lot. I'm like, I got to say to myself, okay, take a minute, look back. You edited these few movies, you created these three things, you accomplished these three client works. And then I have to sit back and go, okay, I'll take it. Because sometimes I'm too wrapped up in my to-do list, and I'm thinking, "Oh, I didn't get to this today. I didn't get to that." So I have to stop and look at that. So I that's have to remind myself. So it, I'm curious on that. Yeah, that's a really good point because I, I was going to say the same thing. Like I never finish my list <laughs> ever. <Yeah. laughs> Me too. So, um, so David, when you're making your, I know you've talked about it before. You make a daily, you know, checklist. Do you like? Do you have a way that you make that list? Do you make the things that you know you're going to get done? Or is it like, here's all the stuff I would love to do today? And- it's, I don't have a, a scientific method for it, but it's oh, basically... never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy, what do you think? No. So it's, it's a checklist, <laughs> and at the top of the list are the things that need to get done. At the bottom of the list are nice-to-haves. Oh. And there's no line in between. It's just I, I prioritize that list. And then... What I don't get done, and the list is usually bigger than what I'm actually able to get done in a day. And what I don't get, what I don't get done, just gets moved to the next day. But when I get to click on that little tick mark, that feels so good to me, and it, and it, it's very satisfying. Yeah, makes sense. Maybe I need oh. to. Maybe my lists aren't prioritized enough. They're just like brain dumps. 
because I've started doing that as well. Like in the morning, I'll just make a little list, but I feel like I get, you know, half of them done every day. So. Mm-hmm. And it's different for everybody. Everybody finds success in their own little ways of doing things. Yeah. Cool. Um, you guys got anything else about good days? No, you just got to remember that there's a lot more of them than bad days. Huh? That's a good point. You know, you know, can I, I would like to bring up something. Uh, I read in a book a, a while ago, and, and I think I've talked about this before, but it was, there was this exercise where you don't complain about anything for two weeks. The book was called Secrets of the Millionaire Mind. I brought it up before, but I tried this exercise. This was a year and a half ago, maybe two years ago. And I tried so hard. It's really hard to not complain at all. But it's it's about removing negativity and only positivity in your life. And so during this two-week thing, like three amazing things happened in my life. And I just feel like I have better days now than I did before I did that exercise. And it's I'm always looking for the positive and things and trying to remove the negative. And if you can yep. remove negativity from your life, which is really hard, but if you can do that, you're going to have more, you're going to have a lot more good days. I think that's all about focus. You know, I mean, I think what you decide you want to focus your attention on mm-hmm. is the thing that you're going to pay more attention to. So maybe it's not that negative stuff isn't happening to you, but you're looking at the positive. You're more aware of the good stuff and you're more aware of the, the things that, Right. That you want to be aware of. And so, like, yeah, it, okay, I had a little car wreck today. I bumped my fender. That's eh, not, whatever. You know, you, you got know to that, do this that, awesome thing also. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you reminded me of something funny. We were upstate the other day. We were having just a really, really nice day. And I went to pull out of my long, I have this kind of long, windy driveway. And I went to pull out of the driveway. And because it's kind of fall, there's not as many leaves, like, kind of peripherally guiding the driveway. So I was, and I was also looking at my phone. So I, all of a sudden, I'm in the weeds. <laughs> and and I'm like the cosmic and incredibly noisy and I'm like oh no I just like drove into a tree so I sideswiped these like heavy bushes and I went to back out and I was just like more entwined in the bushes and I finally backed out and there's like a, a one foot long gash on the side of my truck until it just goes I'm glad I didn't do that and I just go ah eh, whatever and I just pulled out of the driveway and I was just like if I was in a crummy mood if some things had been irritating me that would have been like a temper tantrum. But because we were having, we were upstate, it was a beautiful sunny day. I was like, I was probably tuning the radio. I forget what I was doing. But as I was pulling out of the driveway, I sideswiped all these weeds. Well, I say weeds, but the trees that are like one and two inches thick. <laughs> and one of them put a big dent on the side of the car. But I looked back at it and I was like, whatever, there's more important things to be upset about. I could get it fixed. Yep. And that gives you a place to mount something really awesome on the side of your truck. Right? <laughs> yeah, another Duresta logo right over. No, you need like a, you know, like a, 50 millimeter something. <laughs> Some big gun. 50 cal millimeter. It, didn't, 50 cal. Break, it didn't break the skin, but it's like a big, long impression from like a piece of cut, hmm. like wow. one inch wide tree branch. Yeah, you can still put something there. Yeah. Cool. Uh, well, let's wrap up. Uh, you guys been watching anything cool? Anything so, new? and I'm sorry to go back to drawing and painting, but... Somebody commented on one of my videos and said, check out this website called controlpaint.com. It's ctrlpaint.com. And holy cow, what a great, amazing, free resource on digital painting. I can't believe I didn't know about this site. Uh, lots of free tutorials. Uh, this guy, he went to art school. And so he kind of takes that art school approach to his videos and... Uh, it, it's blowing me away, the quality. There's some premium stuff on there, too, but there's so many good free tutorials. Very cool. Um, I just uh, was I was tipped to this guy. Uh, his name is David Richards, and he has a machine shop that's completely powered by steam. What? And the care and maintenance that goes into that is incredible. This guy, obviously, is very meticulous. He loves his machine shop. I've only watched a couple of... He only has eight videos. I've only watched a couple of them so far. But you could see what it was like to use a machine shop 100 years ago before there was fuel. He literally lights a pile of wood to go turn around and use his drill press. It's pretty incredible. (laughs) 
Wow. So that's definitely something to go take a look at. And I'll just give one more plug because we were just talking about it. I, I my girlfriend started watching uh, this other channel, which is cool. If anybody's got uh, you know young kids, this young actress, singer, songwriter girl named Sarah S A A R A. She's incredibly talented, and she's the type of talent. Do you ever like meet somebody or see somebody, and you say to yourself, "How come that person isn't like up for an Oscar?" And you know, it's just a matter of time, or it just goes to show you how in this world. You know, light shines on some people and, you know, some others get just the peripheral of that light. This uh, young girl is just super talented in a comedic singer, songwriter, funny way. So check her out, too. Cool. Awesome. Um, so I haven't actually watched this guy's videos in a while because he doesn't put them out very often. But I was looking through my subscriptions because we were talking about it and I, I re was reminded on how funny he is. You guys ever heard of Julian Smith? Hmm. I don't think so. So he is like... YouTube old guard, <laughs> like he's been around for a really long time, and um, in fact, for a couple of years, he just like stopped making videos because I think he was doing corporate work or something. But he has these crazy, oh, man. They're just like half of them are comedy, half of them are just weird. Um, a lot of them are uh, based on songs. He'll write the song, and then it'll be like a comedic video around them, and. You should just really check him out. Specifically, I'll give you a few to make sure that you look up. One, he has a like a drum beat thing that he made on a Jeep Cherokee, and it's like ten people beating on this Jeep Cherokee, slamming the doors, opening the windows, pressing the buttons, doing all this stuff, and they make this crazy beat and they record mm. it all. It's really cool. Um, he has a comedy one called Milk, which is bizarre. And really funny, and it's like something we always show new people when we meet them, when they come over the house or something. We're like, "You got to watch this video." Um, so those are two definitely good ones to check out. The comedy is really bizarre; like some people may not find it funny, but um, it's good stuff. So check out Julian Smith. Right on. Um, watched, looking at it now. So that'll probably do it for us this week. I want to thank uh, everybody from Patreon. Yes. As always. You guys are awesome. Continue to Thanks. be awesome. And um, especially Nicholas Gomez, Luis Gonzalez, Chris Kopp, and Jeremy White. Those are our top guys. Those guys have been supporting us a lot for a really long time. And um, I just I know we say it every week that we you know thank the Patreon people, but like we mean it. It's awesome. <laughs> thank you guys. Absolutely. Yeah, what, it, what is the top tier of our Patreon award? That's the that's the hangout with us, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, and it's always fun every time we do it. Yeah, we get to. So, if anybody doesn't know that, we do a Skype hangout after we record once a month with the people at the top tier. Yeah, and it's it's great. You know, we've gotten to know these people and hang out with them, and yeah, good stuff. And yep. they're good good people. So we're grateful for that. Um, if you want to support there at any level, uh, patreon.com slash making it, or you could just share the show around. Um, that helps quite a bit as well. If you have show ideas, we've had a lot of questions for people lately, and it's given us like a lot to talk about, and it's great. So if you have more of those and you want to send them, you can tweet them at, at Making It Podcast. Um, that would be cool. And I guess that'll do it for us this week, right? Yeah, that's it. Awesome. Go see Star Wars. <laughs> so, hold on, I'm writing this down. Star what? Star yeah, Star Wars. Jimmy just oh, watched the trailer. Somebody asked today if we could start doing a weekly segment of Jimmy asking questions about Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll have some questions next week. Yeah. After, so you that's, that's after you watch start the, the trailer as the movie um, several times. Yeah, Start Wars, right? As start, <laughs> start Wars, yeah. yeah. Start Wars. Yeah, that's it. That's just the movie about George Bush. <laughs> Getting cool. Start Wars is the hardest part. <laughs> All right, that's it for episode 50. Hope it was worthwhile to be here. Thank you all for listening this long. Appreciate yes. it. It was fun. We'll see you guys next week. Later. Peace. Later.